Come on in, guys. Matt Hambidge and Jared Sundin back for Talking Llama, Talking Survivor 41, Episode 3. And Jared, another advantage-filled episode. Not really loving where uh, the season is headed in that sense. No, I'm going to be completely honest. I have no idea what's going on anymore. It's so confusing. Um, Let's just jump into it because there's one thing that I absolutely just hate it's very small potentially but i I hate it so starting with the with the yasa tribe i guess um we do find out that liana did maybe want to vote out xander over voce and maybe is having a little buyer's remorse on that of not maybe fighting for her her preference a little stronger um it'll be interesting to see if that kind of rears its head later on because it seemed like kind of an odd thing to just throw in at the beginning of an episode and then never come back to it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So, you know, I think that was the, was that the first, first set of tears we've seen this season? It can't be. It can't be. The first one I'm remembering. Okay. But, but again. Oh, no. Not- Sarah. Sarah had some tears on the, the first episode, right? Oh, maybe she did, but that seemed to be a little more, um, made a little more sense if they were about her getting voted out. Yeah. These kind of came out of nowhere. True. Very true. Um, and then this is where all of the nonsense starts. So Tiffany just sitting right there at, by the fire. And clearly as we saw from the other camps, they wanted these to be found right away. Um, she finds a beware advantage, but it's a different Beware advantage. It's not the idle one. It's another advantage called the beware advantage with a completely different set of circumstances and rules and what is happening. Well, you have to beware of the beware of the beware advantage. I mean, it's like they're telling the audience too, hey guys, beware. These are going to be really dumb. Just live with it. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think Jeff is still super in. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. I just call it something else. You've been, you, you have an entire <laughs> production team. You've been doing this for 20 years. A lot of people from my understanding have been there the whole time, a good chunk of the time. How does nobody see the problem with having two distinct, different advantages with the exact same name? Yeah, I can only imagine if the two people who have them ever meet up, they're like, yeah, I had this thing called the beware advantage. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, where you you risk losing your uh, your vote if you, no, no. Uh, See, that's what I thought. And then from this advantage, they, they all met up. Yeah. I, I did think that, okay, maybe they're trying to lay some, some breadcrumbs for some confusion and, and mis, misinterpretation later on as 
we get a, a swap or a merge or something like that, where if they call these advantages the same thing that people won't necessarily know which one they're talking about, but then all three of these people met up. So they would know who, who had the specific one. And if, if they're trying to make the best TV product they can, even if say they're just throwing the game to the side, which it kind of feels like they're doing to an extent, and they're just saying, Hey, what's going to be a fun TV product. This is not it. No, I, I think in their eyes, they are like emphasizing the game. Like it's, it's not them throwing the game to the side. They're like, Oh, we're going to make this even more survivor. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that means, but I think <laughs> they're doing it. <laughs> They're just trying to make this the most Survivor season. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, anyway, moving along here. So Tiffany again finds the the new, the Beware 2.0, and she kind of finds it out in the open as was intended. So she shares it with Evie and Liana. She kind of had to at that point. Um, this one, a boat will arrive at night, and she must sneak out of camp to go to an island to make one of their infamous decisions. Failure to get on the boat, will result in the loss of her vote. And that's pretty much it. Yasa moving on to Ua. Brad finds the beware advantage. And from what we, what we see, nobody saw him find it. And in the meantime, JD is going idol hunting and is just losing his mind over not being able to find the idol. And then, so then they cut back um, one of their little flashbacks that they've done before um, to just about a half hour earlier in the, camp time where brad found the again the beware advantage but the different one the the vote idol three-way idol advantage and he finds it he says he found it with genie but i think she was just kind of there i mean they, they seem to be close maybe they were looking together yeah but, it, but in, in in any in any sense he finds it genie knows about it um and this is when I started to think, like, what is happening with these advantages? Who knows what's going to happen next week with a third beware advantage? I mean, it's going to happen, right? It has to, yeah. I, I mean, things come in threes this season. The idols, the uh, hopefully not, but probably beware advantages. Uh, I going back to going back to Genie said he like found it with Genie when he was reading it off, like. If you found it with her, you'd I feel like you'd just read it together, but she was like awkwardly about 25 feet away <laughs> listening to him read it and like reacting from afar, which I thought was great. I didn't catch that, but that's incredible. Yeah, that's that's about how far away from like the strategy and gameplay she is too. So like I think <laughs> it's a good metaphor. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, Jared, that's great. Um, so then Brad, Brad's just living large. He's the kind of the richest guy in the island, except for the fact that he has no vote. Um, there's that little little snag. Um, but then he does tell Shan about the beware advantage, and I'm already getting so frustrated about both beware advantages. Both of them he tells her about. <laughs> I can't keep this this nonsense straight, Jared. Um, and Shan's just eating it up. Like, yes, just your clay to, for me to mold mm -hmm. however I want you to right now. 
call. She I even goes in for the hug too. Yeah. That's Shan, that's how you solidify it. I mean, people like players always say that you want to watch, you want to be the one receiving information. You don't want to have to be asking for it. And people can't help themselves but tell Shan what's going on. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. We got to come up with, I think, I think I'm going to call myself a, sh- a Shan or like we're Survivor Shans, you know? Like, is that is that a thing? If you're like in terms a Shan of, fan, a Shan fan. See, I think Shan is too close to the word fan and okay. it's her, like being her name because it yeah. also is close to Stan if you're standing her, which thousand percent yes yeah but i think you need to have another like like shan fan something we'll give us some time yeah i think or we'll just force the conversation like jeff likes to do yes make it very awkward and make it so nobody can get out of saying anything um and then so brad was on fire this episode brad was so i mean he's just I mean, he was he like 40 some years old and he's, he's got the energy of like a 20 year old just cannot contain himself. He builds up a fake body in his bed a la Ferris Bueller, as he referenced. Jared, you're famously not a movie guy. Have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I think I saw it one time, but I don't really have much of a recollection. Well, I think now, you, I mean, if, if Brad's talking about it, I think you got to got to check it out. Uh... One of the early, possibly the first adopter of the post credit scene. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. But anyway, so he built up a fake body in his bed. Incredible. And I don't know if you caught this. I I hate the production team because they cut out at the at the wrong moment. It looked like he was about to just start rolling away down the beach. <laughs> when he like rolled out of his bed, it looked like he was going to keep rolling for some time. And they cut out like midway through the first roll. And oh, I have to man. think maybe he didn't because that would have been, they could have found five seconds to include that if he did it. That would have been incredible. I mean, if, yes. if you're talking, talking gifable moments, you know, social media interactions, that would have been, that would have exploded. That would have been incredible. And they cut out the 15 minutes where they normally cover the long hike this episode too. So I well, mean, there, that... there, there was no hike. Yeah. Oh, that's, exactly. oh, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So they had all that time to play with. Yeah. Couldn't find five seconds. Because I, I'm gonna assume to call. I'm ninety percent certain he he rolled at least a couple times to get away. It looked too too perfect. This let's just continue believing that. Yes, uh, I'm gonna choose to my own personal narrative. That's it. Head cannon for sure. Um. So that one good thing about the Beware 2.0 is that it forced us to get some time at Luvu, which with them winning everything, we haven't seen them really at all. Although what we do find is just more of the same of Nasir keeps swinging back and forth between being in hot water, being essential to the tribe, being in hot water, being essential to the tribe. And now it seems like he's swung back to maybe we should vote this guy out if we ever lose. Um, so the, the previous night, he had told Sydney that he wanted Danny out, which she then shares with the rest of the tribe. And they have a very ominous shot of the five of them sitting at the beach and this year back at like the shelter by himself. Not what you want to see. No, no. Uh, he, I feel like he thinks he knows what he's doing. And then we all know that he doesn't know what he's doing. So when you say know what he's doing, meaning 
like he he's, like he's not realizing what's happening or he yeah, yeah 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 i would i would agree with that i i think i think he has a mind for the game he's in the little that we've seen of this tribe i think he understands kind of the the outline if you will of what you want what you want to try to do but he's getting he's just getting his own way it looks like yeah like he's trying so many different strategies at one time that like he's trying to be the provider he's trying to like point out the threats like i had more in mind but i can't think of them so that's only two things but you know you know what i mean (laughs) yeah um so who knows what'll happen there um we did get a jumping ahead we did get a clip in the did you watch the the scenes for next week no no there is some talk of i think it was deshaun wanting to maybe throw the next immunity challenge that's always a good idea drew christie is, is it drew or is it alex alec uh, no it was it? drew it was drew yeah as, as drew can attest to it's always a good idea never backfires in spectacular no fashion. no 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 that's really the one thing that this season is missing is okay. just uh, an early another early season strategic blunder well i mean there there were arguably a couple this, <laughs> this week with all the the volunteer the volunteering information that you maybe didn't need to volunteer yeah i mean the there's been a lot already <laughs> i mean i think that xander was the king of strategic blunders one episode brad had one too it's just yeah it's uh, nothing quite on the drew christie level because nothing, no like, nothing's bounced back on someone so spectacularly yet at least season's Not still yet. young season's Not still yet. young um so then sydney finds the beware advantage at luvu and from what we see nasir maybe clocked it but that could have just been an editing trick where they showed him looking that direction but in any event, nothing came from it, at least not in confessional, confessionals that we saw. Okay, so getting to the nighttime boat ride, all three um, get, get there, meet up, and even though they saved their vote by getting on the boat, their vote is still at risk because, of <laughs> course, it is. They get to choose between two advantages, and... This wasn't confusing at all. It was very straightforward, like they all have been. So they choose between a tarp or a steal a vote. And I think I got this right. If all three choose the tarp, they receive the tarp. If all three choose steal, they all lose their vote at the next tribal council. But if they split, the one or two who choose tarp get nothing. And the others who who chose steal a vote get the steal a vote. That is how I interpret it. So I think it's just when they go over it so quickly, because there's, there's reading the parchment and you're naturally going to probably just going to be reading it quicker, you know, like a faster pace. They're going over it. They don't really spend any time on it. That if you, if you look away or look at your phone or whatever for two seconds, you could miss like the crux of the episode. Yeah, yeah. That uh, and I don't know if you've heard, but votes are at risk this year. You know, I'd heard some rumors about that. I wasn't sure if it was ever going to come into play this season because they really had downplayed that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah, up so to, up to this point, I could I could understand how you'd miss that. I mean, I think yeah. Uh, Rob Cesarino was tweeting and he said, "So at what point do they go into negative votes?" 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I, now well, yeah, you got me thinking about how a negative vote would work. If any season can do it, it's going to be this one. They still might try, yeah. Yeah, it was... Anyway, um, and then they get to discuss it as a group. You know, like, like you really do at any of the meetings, but this one it, it explicitly says discuss it as a group, but then make your decisions individually. Um, Sydney and Tiffany, if those two meet up at some point down the road, like on the same tribe, there's there could be some big fireworks there. They yeah, were not stealing each other. No, no. I love it. Of all the people, uh, who, which one said that she didn't like the other's energy? Pretty sure that was Tiffany about Sydney. Okay. Okay. And I'm just going to say, I am, I am loving Sydney. Yep. I think she's awesome. And what she's doing like right now, like as we're recording, she's just retweeting people who are talking shit about her from the episode. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> if I wasn't fully on board before I am now that that's the kind of energy I love. I can get how on the island, maybe how she's acting could rub you the wrong way. Especially if that's your first introduction to her. But as a, as a viewer, I, I love these kind of characters. I hope she sticks around for a long time. Yeah. When we were going over the cast too, we thought that she might be the one who would be first out for uh, just like personality clashes. Mm -hmm. But what we saw early on, we were like, Oh wow. Like she's actually kind of funny and, and likable. And now now that we're a few episodes in, we're starting to see the other side of her where people might be like, ah. although what it might be. And again, we've seen so little of Luvu that it's, you know, pure speculation that she might be a little rough at a first meeting. But then once you get to know her and spend some time or time with her, maybe you saw you know, she softens up a little bit because it didn't seem like she was a target for for Luvu for the other members. And once again, qualified as we've seen so little of them, but first meeting of Tiffany, Tiffany's like, nope, I'm out on her. So that, that yeah. could be it. Well, that also makes you wish that you would have seen that first impression at Luvu in the first right. episode. Right. But, you know, if they get to a swap or, or a merge or something, she'll get that first impression again for some people. So hopefully we'll, we'll get a chance. But yeah, bottom line, I don't think she has a chance in hell to win the way it's going right now, but she's been one of my favorite characters with, with Shan since day one. And she's still, still way up there for me. Yep. Um, I think, I think over time, the, the foundation has been laid for our initial expectations of Sydney to kind of come true uh, where she could definitely get on some people's nerves. But as mm -hmm. we've, as we've talked about, that's uh that's preferable in our eyes. Yeah, that's not our concern. No. That, that's for our enjoyment. Uh, so when it comes down to it, Brad chooses Steel and Sydney chooses Tarp. So we know that Sydney's getting nothing and Brad's getting his Steel. So it was kind of odd that they left Tiffany's choice up in the air until the reveal because there was really no drama for it. 
So no, she, it made it seem like she really wanted to steal the whole time. Yep. And then and then Sydney's just like, well, so you wouldn't you wouldn't risk your vote, would you? You just you just choose a tarp. And then and I think that's what kind of started her and her and Tiffany's little tiff, if you will, pun <laughs> intended. <laughs> Appreciate the 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 forced fake laugh. <laughs> um but so so Tiffany ended up choosing the tarp. They should have they should have shown Sydney and Tiffany choose the tarp. Because then, well, then, then, what do they do? They they all get a tarp, or Brad gets to steal a vote. I guess there was really no great way to make it dramatic. Well, that maybe one. that's a sign that it wasn't a great idea to begin with. Could be. But hopefully, if if Tiffany had chosen steel, they would have shown her and Brad with Sydney up in the air. But but yeah, so so Sydney gets nothing, which she expected, um, and Tiffany. Also gets nothing, which she's fine with because she prefers to ever vote. And Brad gets his steal a vote. So he's again just swimming in riches. Nothing can take this guy down at this point. He is he's untouchable. Except for he, the fact that he has no vote. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but votes are at risk. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. All right. So at the immunity challenge, um <laughs> I I, I get, I respect that some people are finding this hysterical and very funny and good for you. What do you think about the, the phrases for the, the where 1.0? Are you liking it or do you, are you like me and you just bury your head in your hands when this happens or you're somewhere in the middle? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't think it's going to get any better. It's like so uncomfortable and forced that like, even even Jeff like gave Xander a perfect in. And I think that's as smooth as you can do it when you like re-reference yourself saying, Oh, I said this crazy thing earlier. Yeah. yeah, once again, I think Xander did about as well as you could expect. Where he said, Oh, he's he's talking crazy, kind of like when I said this, like you just referenced. And again, it comes off very clunky and awkward, but I don't think he could have done much better than what he yeah. did. And Brad, Brad. The, other I, the reason I enjoyed Brad is because he completely butchered it. It was yeah. not the right phrase. I don't know what he said. He said broccoli and trees. There's little trees, man, or whatever, whatever it was. So what I'm wondering is, oh, shoot, he's, he's out of the game now. Okay, well, let, let's let's play a little what if. If he had stayed in and let's say the um, Luvu, they find their beware, their idol beware next next week. If Brad butchers the phrase again do they count it uh <laughs> i i think they or do would. they go off the intent yeah I, no i think it's i think it's the intent i think it's the effort that counts here but i was i was thinking you were going to ask so if they find this idol and they realize what the phrases are are they going to remember that brad said something so far off of what is written on the paper Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. Like, wait, no, that's not what Brad said. I hadn't thought of that. That's actually really funny. Oh man. That's good. But again, we'll never cause, know. Because he just well, we might. Because yeah, he just he just stumbled over it. Now the fact that I doubt the word broccoli is mentioned very often. So that might stick out. But he, I mean, he completely butchered it. So, like, obviously Xander was going to catch it because he, he knew what to listen for. But, yeah, Lubu doesn't really know 
the full details of what's happening. So that's, I'll, we'll, I have, have to, we'll have to make a note of that for next week. See what happens. We, I also want to point out that Brad, I believe compared his hair to the leafy part <laughs> of broccoli. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I caught that, but I can, I can picture it. And yeah, I thought that was part oh, of man. it, but maybe he was just so far off the rails that <laughs> I, I made that up too. Oh, I'll need to rewatch that scene. Cause I won't. I, as awkward, just just him speaking. <laughs> yeah, it's so awkward. The rest of it, I I I can't wait for Lubu to find theirs and just get it done with. Yeah, but yeah. then, and this is what we were talking about last week with um with Xander. So Brad's voted out. I guess we'll find out next week. Hopefully, do they just rehide the advantage? Here's or- what I'm hoping happens. I hope that the third tribe finds theirs. And then Jeannie says the phrase because she's the only one who knows what the phrase is. And then she gets an idol. But she would have to also take it. She'd have to hold the advantage though, wouldn't she? She wouldn't just get to say the phrase and get an idol. Uh, hey, you never know what this season. True. True. They are cramming dumb stuff into it. Um, but that all Brad's butchering of the phrase could work in her favor. Cause like if Xander gets voted out and then someone else says the dead relatives, they're gonna be like, okay, what the hell is going on? But with Brad being so far off base and just kind of rambling on, on either end of it, if Jeannie says it correctly, people may not make the connection. Like you were referring to, like maybe they won't even remember that he said it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens next next week with that um but this challenge they swim out cross a rope bridge and survivor twitter was all in lockstep at this point because just down the line just tweeting out the angelina on the rope bridge gif david versus goliath the, oh. with the face <laughs> i was a part of it too did it instantly i mean you just think of it immediately and go, oh yeah it's a great tweet and then oh yeah not original in the least no, but, but it, it was I, had to be done. Had to be done. It was it was great. Um, dig up some sandbags, land the bags on a series of targets, playing for re- reward, fruit, big plate, small plate for two tribes. And I kind of I like that reward because when they're going back to kind of old school survivor in a sense in the game situations, not so much the game mechanics, of course. It's a very simple reward. You're not playing for a full feast. They're not getting steaks to grill up or anything like that. Like this is just some fruit guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I guess, decent compromise for making it a difficult season, but still giving them something. I'm, I'm just still so over the hardest season ever thing. Yeah. Cause I can't remember where someone mentioned this. Um, I think it was on the, Robert's a podcast feedback show with Josh Wiggler this week where Josh was saying that like from the, from the audience standpoint, you don't really see the, unless it gets real bad and they're just kind of laying around camp because they can't do anything, which sucks. We don't see like the hard, the hardships necessarily of, of no food or very little food. We just see them hanging out, hanging out at camp, doing challenges, 
hanging out at camp, going to tribal, that we don't we don't see how like it's it's hard to display the effects of harder physical conditions. Yeah, so that, maybe. So from a TV standpoint, which you keep which we keep coming back to this season, it doesn't really do much from an audience point of view. No, I I think that there's just so much to focus on right now. Like, yes, they they kind of overwhelmed us with how difficult the season was going to be in the first episode for sure. Um, and that's that's what kind of turned me off. But like I could see them saying, okay, we have so many people to focus on right now. Like maybe we just save this for a couple episodes and revisit it and you know, when we get to the merge or something. But um yeah, you're you're right that ever since that first one though, there hasn't been a ton of emphasis put on like uh getting getting confessional saying like I'm really feeling it right now. Yeah, because we 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 would kind of rely on the players to to vocalize that that it's like you said it's hard to see how that's affecting them. It's not like you can get a rainstorm and you see Eric sitting in a tree for 23 hours. No, no. Um, so once again, Yasa struggles big time at the beginning, but they do end up coming back. Luvu, once again, they'll finish his first. Unless they do throw the challenge next week. I don't know when they'll ever lose at this point, the way things are going. But again, Survivor, who knows? Um, but then Yasa does come from behind, get their first win. Definitely putting a lot of the fault at JD. Yep. I mean, my guy was trying like finger rolls. Yep. And I don't even, here's the thing. I mean, everyone's like, stop, stop. What, what was it? The NBA quote? Like, yeah, we don't need the NBA. Yeah. Um, I could see like if he actually could jump and like get closer to the platform, there yeah. might be a, a functional purpose in that. But like it, if the late great Cliff Robinson could jump and just like place it there. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. But if you're jumping and doing a literally his first attempt was a, was an actual finger roll. <laughs> and I mean, it's the not, physics it, of that. It wasn't a ball. Good. It was, a, it's a bag. It's got, like a, it's tied off at the top. Like, I don't know how you think you're doing a finger roll with that kind of, kind of bag. And then did he make one? I don't think he made one. I don't remember seeing it happen. And that was, terrible and again who knows how the challenge was edited but we didn't see him you know offer to to switch out and let someone else take a shot you know if you're struggling get out of there let someone else be the last person to fail yep yep those first let's say after two bad ones you're just like i'm not taking the fall yeah just say i can't do this someone someone else want to give it a try and if they all say no 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 you have it then you kind of have to go but at that point, you just want to get out of the spotlight. Because at least you can say, well, I knew I couldn't do it. I didn't want to hurt the try more. And then instead, he gets kind of the, the brunt of the blame, potentially making him a target. Now, he kind of already was a target, um, especially for Ricard and Brad. Um, Ricard views him as, as, as sneaky, which he is, and a little, little devious. Um, but before we get into some of the pre-tribal stuff, did you notice the, we'll say, interesting close-up shot Survivor tri- decided to go with? 
as so JD's talking to Shan and he says he's gonna go to the bathroom. So he walks off into the jungle. Did you happen to catch what they specifically decided to show us? No. They zoom in on a bird sitting on a branch. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. And then the bird just drops a deuce. Yep. Yep. Like, I thought it was hilarious. But you can show that, but you can't show us Brad rolling in the sand <laughs> for five seconds. You're not going to let it go. No, that uh, would have been the best moment of the season. Or funniest, at least. Yeah, I think it, I think you're right. But instead, we get a bird. Literal shit. Literal. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully it's not a uh, too accurate of a um, comparison for the for the season as a whole. Um, so so JD comes back, and this this was this was wild. So he had the extra vote from before. He comes back in with it sticking out of his shorts, and I can't figure out if he did that intentionally or not because he acts like. So Shan of course confronts him about it, and he come you know he comes clean quote unquote even though he had no choice at that point and he and he said something like i didn't tell you you found out like dude you were walking your shirt was open and it was literally in the front of your shorts sticking out yeah i i I don't see how that could not be on purpose not my dumb guy no no my my first instinct was that it was on purpose like because you see i mean what was it rupert the one time had the rock in his (laughs) pocket and he wanted them to think that like he had found something so Mm -hmm. like i don't know if uh maybe jd did that too and he's like oh i kind of want them to see this but like not ask me about it and just kind of be scared off of throwing their votes at me but like that did not go that way no see that's honestly what i thought they were going for because like the way shan built it up that i thought that he was going to go the, the Rupert, the, I think Russell did it too, where he just put something big lumpy in your pocket. They think you have an idol. And then it was, no, he just had the piece of paper sticking out of his shorts. And then he, then he didn't play it off. Like, Oh, I'm going to tell you about this. It was, you caught me, which was really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wanted to get caught or something. Yeah, it was, it was odd. Um, and so then JD, Gives our girl Shan his extra vote to hold on to, like as a as a sign of trust. Um, and this is reminiscent of uh, Lucina and and Sierra in Game Changers, where Sierra tells Lucina about her legacy advantage, and she's like, "Oh well, I need to vote her out so I can get my hands on that." And she did, and she got it. Shan could have done the same thing. Now she yeah. could have voted. Because she had it in her possession. If JD gets voted out, that's that's her extra vote. Yeah, I I mean, I'm all about building trust early in the game. This one right here is one time where I would have considered just letting him go. Like, because if you if you give that back to him, like I do not trust that guy at all. Right. So I mean, you either hang on to it and get rid of someone who's not even going to be on the jury or like, do you just uh, risk giving it back to him? And for all, you know, he'll use it to get you out. And you now I don't think she game rules wise has to give it back to him, but she would, she has to give it back to him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause, cause it wasn't it in um, 
Edge of Extinction, where Devins and David had like the two half idols. I can't remember which way it went, but one of them like didn't want to give the other half back or something like that. It was David that didn't want to give it back, I think. And and those two were very close. They've been working together basically the entire game. And so they could probably work through it. But in this case, you know, they've been together for what, seven days? Like Shan can't, I don't think she would just the way she's displayed herself. I don't think she would do that. Um, but you you can't risk like seriously pissing somebody off like that by just like, no, I'm gonna keep this for myself now. Yeah, and if you keep it too, like eventually how many people know you have it, you just make yourself a target. Right, right. Um, so I mean th- there's there's good cases for both JD and Brad. You know, so gi- given given what we've seen, do you think so they we'll jump in. They end up voting Brad out. Um three one because he had no vote, would have just been three two anyway. Um, given what we've seen, do you think Brad was the right call? No, no, I probably would have voted JD out. I think he's a little Brad is like unpredictable, but I feel like if I was playing not in a way that threatens my game. JD, on the other hand, I feel like is unpredictable and he will just like do things for the sake of doing things. And that's that's the worst. Like when you know you're just always worried about him. Mm -hmm. I. I, I, I mean, I can see the argument either way. I think I think Brad probably was the right call. Although that that's that's with us knowing about the future idol he has, which which not everybody knows about, but but Shan does. Did she tell Ricard about it? At least at least that we saw. I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, because even though it's it's no, because I mean he's basically powerless with no vote until that idol is activated. But then once it's activated, he has the idol and his vote back. So if you want to get him out before he becomes more of a force, this was the time to do it. And the way he's going now, I don't know how much of a threat JD is to win. Yeah. I mean, he he's just so... So Brad is all over the place and that he's unpredictable. But JD's just... He's all over the place as well. Not quite the same as Brad was, but it's kind of in a way where Shan might be able to, I don't know if control is the right word, but keep him keep him in bounds maybe. But either way, it's going to be a lot of work on her end to, to corral either of them. And maybe, maybe she was closer to JD and thought that she could, you know, use him better, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, well, one of them said they feel like JD is really indebted to them. And uh, I don't know if that was Shan or not, but that may have played a part. I must have missed that because that's that's a great point. If you get someone who feels indebted to you. like I, I don't think there's really anything anyone should can do in Survivor where you should feel indebted to somebody like. There's no such thing as a selfless move in Survivor. 
it might be partially selfless, but it's always going to be mostly self-serving. So if some, if I help you out, you might feel grateful to me, but I wouldn't have done whatever I did. It didn't also benefit me. Yeah. So, but so if you can get someone in that position, that can be really powerful for, for, I guess, for someone in Shan's position, if she has someone who, who feels that way. Yeah. I would just never, I, I think she really knows what she's doing. Me personally, I would never feel knowing what I know about JD comfortable that he felt indebted to me. I don't think he's that kind of player. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the other thing that I, I just thought of is, and, th- and again, there's nothing in, that we saw this that I saw that lends credence to this thought, but I think it's interesting. I think JD, I think, is it fair to say JD knows the game much better than Brad? Yeah. Just in a broad sense that Shan might be able to trust JD to make the smarter survivor move more often than she can trust the same for Brad. That if he, even if they're aligned together, if he has, this extra vote, this steal a vote, this idol, whatever else he might collect, he might just go completely off the rails and not see the bigger picture and might waste something or put their alliance in a bad position that not only does JD trust her, but she can trust his survivor mind more than she can trust Brad's. I maybe, but I think, I think even though Brad is unpredictable, I feel like he is still easier to read. Like, even though he doesn't know the game as well, I think he's more of like the stick to your alliances, like work around camp, uh, keep the tribe strong, like that kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like it was very close. Yeah. Yeah. In, in this particular vote, you usually I can make a pretty distinct call. For me, at least personally, with given what we saw in the edit, that it was A or B definitely was the right or wrong choice. But this one is pretty split. Now, it looked like Ricard was definitely, well, gosh, I would have more of a more. He must have been more on on the Brad side. And Shan maybe just thought that. They both need to go. Let's not rock the boat with Ricard. Yeah, that that sounds about right. There was only so there was only four votes, right? Though. Yep. Okay. Um, and all three, like three, went to Brad and one went to JD. Yeah. Um. um so, uh, so Jeannie voted for JD. Well, oh yeah, because Brad uh, didn't have one. Okay. Yep. And then the yeah. other three all voted for Brad. Yeah, Jeannie is... Uh... That probably puts Jeannie... Although, I could still see JD going home next... If they go to travel next week. I don't think JD's completely out of the woods. No, no. I think I think he's still probably the next biggest target. I, I wanted to talk about, the, about Jeannie a little bit because it did come up where she said Ricard was still mad at her from the first tribal yeah. council, but they still didn't talk about it. That was the only only reference to it. I, I I noticed that, and it's like, yes, finally, and then it's just done. Yeah, I mean, granted, that travel or tonight's travel probably wasn't the time to go in depth on that. At least not. Maybe they did, but they didn't. It wasn't necessary. Or wasn't um. 
didn't make a difference for tonight's episodes. They cut it. Um, but yeah, that's the one we were talking about from, from the premiere. It's like, what happened there? Why has no one discussed this since clearly there was a discussion. Well, I heard a new theory too tonight. I was, uh, first my girlfriend jumped in episode three of, of the season, which, uh, needless to say, she was a bit confused, but uh, I'm confused. I've been watching the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I caught her up to date or up to speed and uh, told her about like the whole thing with Ricard and Jeff, the first episode. And she goes, I wonder if Jeannie threw a vote his way. Cause he made Jeff stop saying, come on in guys. <laughs> I, I really like that. That'd be one of the worst reasons to vote for somebody, but also the best. But also, it's like, yeah, the way this season has gone, like, who cares? Let's just throw votes for whatever reason you want. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. incredible. Oh, that's good. All right. Um. So I know we were, we were both a little down last week on last week's episode. Did this week do much to any do much at all to ease your concerns, further it, keep it neutral? Where are you sitting after three weeks here? Uh. I've decided that before every episode, I'm going to be like nervous going in. Like I'm, I was uh, same, same coworker. We're going to, we're going to call him TG. I'll reference TG um, like probably throughout this season. Cause we like to talk about it too. But uh-huh. I told him today, I go in on the edge of my seat every episode, not in a good way. <laughs> but because I'm so terrified of what is about to happen, like what new horrible thing they are going to put in, what, what kind of confusion I'm going to have to sort out in my head. Um, and so because of that, like we got more of that this episode, but I was expecting it. So I'm kind of the same as where okay. I was. Okay. Yeah. So where I'm at, it's kind of the same, a different route to get to the same place. I, I'm still loving this cast. Like I, I'm, I'm having so much fun with them when they're, when they let their personalities and characters shine. You know, Brad was amazing. This episode, we touched on how much, how much we enjoy what Sydney brings to the table. Shan just eating up every second she gets of the edit early winners. Jeannie- edit. Jeannie kicked something today. That was awesome. That was awesome. Love a little little flare up there. But then there's just so much nonsense with these twists and advantages that take up so much time. One, just explaining them. And two, getting through the whole process, which doesn't, doesn't all, always let the characters be the characters. If they're kind of going through the motions to say, okay, now... I got to get on this boat. I got to read this parchment. You got to make this decision. Not a lot of time to be themselves, if you will. And so it's like a tale of two seasons in a sense that I, I probably loved half of this episode and disliked close to hated the other half. Like the advantages are just too much. Yeah. That, I think that's going to be something that we talk about pretty much every episode of yes. this show yes um just thinking about it now i mean 
we love the character stuff and we like those moments where you get to see like some of the unique traits of everyone and like get some good quotes from people. And that has already, you know, 30% of that has been taken away just in the length of time that they have with these characters. So there's less, less opportunities to get those clips in the first place Yep. with how much time, you know, they've taken away from the season. And then on top of that, it's like we have to spend five, 10 more minutes of airtime every week, just explaining what all this stuff is that we're seeing. So yeah, I'm, I really hope by like the merge, we're at least getting a little more focus on the people, but yeah. And, and one thing I mentioned, uh, I maybe mentioned again, if the comparisons stay, stay, stay apt, the Australian survivor season that just ended, that was this was one of the complaints on that season two is that there were just so many advantages, but there again, they do 24 episodes, three episodes per week. So it was usually like one episode where it was, here's this new horrible, super dumb twist. And then you had the rest of the week to kind of decompress, let the rest of the, the, the days breathe a little bit, get back in touch with the characters in the camp life, you know, more or less that's how it worked out but here it's just so smashed together there's no time to let any of the dust settles like here's this twist you better remember what it means because here's a brand new twist with the same name that you need to differentiate right away yeah and if they're trying to bring in new fans which you know they put two big scenes on netflix they're changing up the the style a little bit I don't know anyone that's watching for the first time. So I, I don't really have a, a finger on the pulse of this, but I would, I would guess that new fans are having a very hard time keeping up and keeping everything straight. Well, especially, I mean, think about it this way. You are giving fans, what was it? Heroes versus villains and Kageyan. Yep. That's, that's what was on Netflix. If you get hooked watching those two seasons, this is nothing like those two seasons. Like they're just giving you something that's not even the same show. So yeah. like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird move on their part. Another thing uh, I was, I was talking about with TG today was like, we imagine like a current recent, very good player. Um, uh, Wendell was the example that I used. Mm-hmm. If you drop Wendell into this season, like with the, with 17 other new people, Wendell is going to be like, I don't know what the hell is going on right now. And that's a problem. I mean, I I think it it goes, I mean, it's a great point. I think it goes to, to further Jeff's idea of drop the four, keep the one. This is, you know, survivor 2.0, if you will, I guess survivor one again, however you want to phrase it, which I, I agree. I don't think that's a great, I think it's too extreme. I get wanting to mix it up. I get using, using the, the forced break of the last you know year plus to kind of retool things. But I think they had too much time to, to rethink how the show works. Yeah. Little, I mean, it's when you start like fidgeting with something, like you just, you want to make sure it's perfect. And then before you know it, you're like down this rabbit hole and, 
you don't know what you're doing anymore. Sometimes you just got to let, let things sit. Yeah. Or just not change them. That's also an option. Which although is kind this, of the I, same thing, but although now <laughs> they need to change it. They do. They do. They do need to change this. Uh, and I don't know if you saw Jared, but they're casting for survivor 43 and 44. If you were anywhere on social media today, they, and they were clearly asked slash required to post, but anyone who used to play, who who's playing survivor or who is currently on survivor was posting on Twitter and Instagram, everything about how they're casting. So I don't know that that's a, why that, that's a new push this year, but it was definitely a little annoying. Not going to lie. Maybe I should just follow <laughs> less, less survivor players, but uh well as as fun as it would be to be on i don't think i have much of a chance so i'll uh i don't know they can they can keep doing that and i will keep reading it <laughs> very good all right looking ahead to next week um it's kind of be our, our our weekly end of episode thing here go over uh, who we think is in trouble at each tribe if they go to tribal so let's just start with um with uwas and same with the tribal this week i mean clearly the way things stand is between Jeannie and JD. Who who do you think would um, have the have the edge to to go? I guess. I think. Oh man, yeah, this one this one's tough. I think because they kept JD today, they also would not mind keeping him for another vote, especially if Genie is like so lost like and and on a different reading a different book from <laughs> everyone else i mean she's reading a book they're watching netflix yeah it's i it's weird like they yeah there's it's like they can't spend any time on it because like how do you make sense of this but it's also something that i'm really interested in like how did this happen yeah i i think how genie responds is going to be huge because if she ends up just like clearly on the outs, then you can't keep her around because then she's just going to flip as soon as you get to a swap or merge or whatever. But if she, I guess, not comes around, but to set, but cozies up to them, maybe then we've already, we already know Ricard does not want JD around for much longer. It seems like that maybe Shan again, just kind of says, okay, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do what you want this time. And, and if, and if they told Jeannie, Hey, we're voting for JD vote with us and you're safe, that might be good enough for her and to avoid a split. Yeah. But I, 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 I would agree that I think Jeannie would, or uh, yeah, that Jeannie would probably go, but I can see the scenario where she manages to stay. Um, then Yasa didn't see very much from them, but I still, I, mean, I still don't see Xander sticking around. If they go. Yeah, no, I think he's, uh, he's kind of a sitting duck. Like they, they kept him cause they knew they could get rid of him. Yep. Now his key is getting, is getting that idol. Cause, cause then Tiffany probably goes if he gets his idol and they lose. Yeah, that's e- true. Even without it kind of like with, with Ua, I can see the scenario where Tiffany is voted out. You know, it's kind of the same thing. There's there's two strong with Evie and Liana, and then one, you know, obvious, if you will, choice, and one who could maybe slip up and see their game end a little early. And then, of course, Luvu is the interesting one. 
Yeah, uh, I'm I'm still going Heather. I know Nasir is uh, front and center, but I'm going Heather. See, I think we've seen so little of Heather, as in nothing. I think she sat out every challenge. That if she if she goes episode four, I feel like they would have slipped in something from her by this point. Yeah. Because if, if she goes next week and all of a sudden we see all these Heather confessionals, it's like, oh, well, of course she's going to get voted out. They're not going to give her the complete dark purple edit of just nothing. I think after this week, Nasir would be my my guess. But at least he's involved in the game. Whereas who knows with Heather? Maybe she's the ringleader. Maybe she's controlling everything. Maybe she's said three words since they've been on the beach. Like it could be literally anywhere in between. It could be. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and find out, see if they go through with that um, challenge throw. But Jared, we're going to close here with some Australian survivor news, which you'll be very interested in. Did you really? happen? To, did you happen to see a certain casting rumor? A casting rumor for survivor Australia. Yes. You it, you would know it. There's 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 it's there's the rumor. And well, it, then I haven't. Yep. Yeah. So it's a blood versus water theme. Although it sounds like they're doing it a little differently than the U.S. version has done. So we'll see how that shakes out. But word on the Survivor streets that this season, which I believe started filming this week, that the Queen herself, Sandra Diaz Twine, will be playing on the next. The 2022 Australian Survivor season. I don't like it. I was going to say by your face, I didn't think you were a big fan of that. I'm no, surprised. I love Sandra too. I I did not the first time I watched it. And then just over time, I've grown a, a strong appreciation for her. But I just, it's like, she doesn't need to do this. Like, this is like she's so elite that she can just raise the flag on winners at war and be like, I'm done. Like, I don't I don't even care. See, I love it. I, one, it's going to be hysterical when she shows up on the beach and three people know who she is, because if they if they cast like it is last season, there's a, a couple like huge, legit fans and a bunch of people who have never seen the show before. And so when she shows up and you have like two people just freaking out and 17 people be like, what the hell is this? Why do, they, <laughs> why do they care who this is? That's going to be incredible. And if she gets on the right tribe, it's going to be, it could be like Boston Rob and Redemption Island, but with, with more, with a larger, more fun cast. Cause in terms of personality, they kill that, that part of the casting. They don't always get the big fans, but characters, they, they knock out of the park. Watching her just run circles around them is going to be hysterical. And watching her sit out every single challenge, which the Aussies <laughs> put so much <laughs> emphasis on in how they value the game is also going to be awesome. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to fit in the, the blood versus water theme with that. That, again, goes to how they're doing it a little differently. That remains to be seen. But if this is true, and all signs right now point to it being true, there could be some dynamite moments next season. Would, <sighs> would that get you to watch, Jared? 
yeah, as good a shot as anything. Um, it, yeah, it just all, all depends on time. I mean, but yeah, that's like, uh, there's not many people I'd be more interested in going on Australian survivor than her. I would say, uh, number one, obviously coach, if coach, if coach was on a season of Australian survivor, I would, I would watch it before you, um, (laughs) I, I would parve for sure. Um, probably Suri and, uh, that might be it. See, I get you're just going off the people you like, but you, the, you want like the least for me, the biggest like juxtaposition. So getting a, a Sandra or, or like a, a coach on these international seasons, South Africa, or Australia would be, that would be what you want. That'd be what I want at least. Okay. And I don't know if I mentioned this last week. It might've happened just after the fact, but seasons four, five, and six of Australian survivor are on Paramount plus right now. They Whoa. just, they just added them. So try to watch one through three, if you can, especially because season five is all stars. So you'll get a lot the backstory on, on, you know, two thirds of the cast pretty much. But if you can't, or don't want to go through that effort, pop into season four. It's great. One of the best seasons of any survivor. I like all stars more than most for a couple of reasons, but a lot of people are down on it. Season six, one that just ended, you heard me talk about that a little bit, very up and down. Some of the highest highs, and some of the lowest lows, it averages out to a very good, very fun season, but it's, it's an adventure. That's for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but if, if you have Paramount plus, or you need something to push you over the edge to get Paramount plus three full seasons of Aussie survivor, 24 episodes each. So it's at 60, 70, some episodes, I'm not gonna do the math right now. Lots of new survivor to get to jump into. It's great. Um, so I'll just leave you with that. And we'll, be back next week with hopefully a better episode, but if they can just hold serve at this point, I think that's, you know, again, there's still probably 13 ish weeks left. If they can just hold serve. That's probably as good as we can expect from what we've seen so far, but fingers crossed for more. And so just make sure to, you know, for any, any updates on episodes or just whatever, just follow us on Twitter at Llama Talk Pod on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, be sure to do that. Um, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen, we're there. Rate, review, tell your friends if you like, if you like, like what we're doing, like what we're saying, and you got friends who might be interested, make sure to let them know. For Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambidge. We'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.